You are Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to another episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Sports Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade. Excited to be back for another episode of the show today. And today we have a huge matchup this evening. Number three, University of Iowa takes on number 16, North Carolina in the ACC Big Ten Showdown. It is going to be an absolute blast to watch. And we actually have our very own Locked on Tar Heels host, Candace Cooper, joining the show today to break down this game, doing a crossover episode for the basketball side of things. I know we do crossover episodes every single Thursday covering the upcoming football game. Well, we got a crossover episode for this basketball game. It's something we're going to be doing as the season progresses. Any big games, we'll make sure we're doing some crossover episodes, giving you that inside scoop of what to expect from the opposing team and how Iowa can match up with them. Before we get into that conversation, though, I do have a few kind of things to, to cover real quick. Two Iowa football players named to the semifinalist award list. Tory Taylor named to the Ray Guy semifinalist award list. We're going to cover you know, his chances of winning that on a future episode, but just wanted to make sure I let that be known. Chauncey Golston also named to the Lot Trophy semi, Lot Impact Trophy semifinalist list as well. Iowa women defeated Wisconsin this past Saturday. I didn't get a chance to cover that, and they take on Iowa State tomorrow evening, so make sure to tune into that. Another opportunity to defeat our in-state rivals. And then on a more kind of you know sad note, Julius Brent has entered the transfer portal, former four-star cornerback. Honestly, I thought he had a solid trajectory of a career to this point. As a freshman, he got some playing time. I thought he performed pretty well. Last year had some injuries, didn't get a chance to play. This year hasn't seen the field a lot, especially in the last couple of weeks. But I really felt like he was the next in line to take over for Matt Hankins. Others might have differing opinions on that, whether it's Jamari Harris or whoever. But I truly feel like Julius Brents was in line to start. Maybe, maybe he wasn't. Maybe he learned something that, you know, kind of pushed him a certain way. Whatever it may be, he has entered the transfer portal, and we do wish him the best. It is an unfortunate blow to the depth of the Iowa football team. My only guess is he has left the program as well, um, but we'll get some more information on that, and we'll make sure to break that down as well. Now, that being said, let's hop into our conversation with Candice. I think we did a fantastic job of covering all aspects of the Iowa-North Carolina matchup taking place this evening, so let's get into it right now. All right, we are back with a crossover episode between myself, Andrew Wade, Locked On Hawkeyes, and Candace Cooper of Locked On Tar Heels. We have a very exciting basketball game. I'm sure you usually have a lot of exciting basketball games to cover. This is this is new territory for me uh, since joining the, the Locked On Podcast Network, but we got Hawkeyes versus Tar Heels uh, coming up Tuesday evening. It should be a blast to watch. What are your thoughts initially, Candace? Man, I am super excited to, first of all, be on the show with you, Andrew. Thanks so much for having me. But more importantly, to have this ACC Big Ten matchup. And, you know, oftentimes it's one way. Like, it's either the ACC is really good that year or the Big Ten is, like, having an economical year. But this year, it feels like everyone can win any day of the week. (laughs) Like, you can't blink or you're going to have your team sitting in the L column. So I think the Tar Heels are still figuring it out and not having those scrimmages to get under their belt. It's going to be a true test. They just had one against Texas coming off a strong loss last few seconds of the game. But here we are back again trying to figure out how do we play some freshmen and some young guys that are clearly not as prepared as they should be. Yeah, that is the one advantage I feel like Iowa has in this game because I look at everything else and – 
Um, I, I feel like North Carolina has the advantage athletically, uh, maybe even from a talent perspective in some parts. Um, Iowa definitely has the age gap, though, as we kind of talked about before the show. Um, yeah. Iowa is a bunch of, as we talked about, people who are of legal drinking age. And UNC is led by a lot of freshmen. Um, and that comes with the growing pains, especially in a pandemic year like this. That gives Iowa the advantage. One of the things I noticed um, that can happen with younger teams is turnovers can be quite an issue. And it seems like that has been the case for North Carolina. What is bit, why is that happening? What has been kind of the problem that has, you know, caused some of those turnovers? It's just sloppy play. I think it's a little bit of both. So, you know, we saw in the Sanford game, they had about 24 turnovers and then in Texas, they cleaned it up and had about 14. But honestly, when you listen to Roy, he's like, some of these mistakes are genuinely, you're just doing too much. Like you're trying to facilitate offense, trying to create offense. You're trying to overdo it and not just play your game. So I think these guys just really have to settle in. And he's pretty much at the point, you know, coach Williams saying you can't make excuses for them being freshmen, but for so long. And so I think this Iowa game is going to be the test of, Hey, can we, stop just calling them freshmen and just say he's the point guard out there having to facilitate to get to his bigs is what we're going to have to do yeah um, I, I have to say it's one of my buddies so I have three really good friends who are huge North Carolina friends and my one buddy equated it to North Carolina is like a monster truck with a five-year-old driving it big powerful <laughs> and run a lot of people over but sometimes the five-year-old crashes because they can't see over the wheel and then grandpa Roy gets mad at them that's 100%. What, that's what he equated North Carolina to. <laughs> well, I'll ask you guys. I mean, you have the senior leadership. What do you feel like is essential when you have a senior kind of core or you do have juniors who are ready to step in and you have an incredible player like Luca? What are the things that you guys kind of see on the floor that might be better than a freshman leading a team? Yeah, I mean, the ability to handle adversity. So uh, anytime you get down, you don't, I mean, a, a senior Latin team like Iowa is going to be able to handle that adversity a little bit better. They're going to be able to handle road games a little bit better. And they're going to be able to, I think, have an advantage even more so over freshman led teams in a home court advantage. Now home court and away court doesn't matter this year. So it, it's not as big of a deal. And that kind of takes the edge away from an Iowa team. That being said, the fact they've been playing together so long, they know where each player is going to be at at any given time. Um, they understand how to play with each other. But what I'm honestly concerned about is that although all those things are true, yeah. They have not shown me anything offensively in three games. Now, granted, they haven't played anyone worth even mentioning um, on this show, but typically how Iowa succeeds offensively is inside out. They work through Luca Garza. They feed it into him. He gets triple teamed. He dishes it out to one of, I mean, nine different three-point shooters who could probably shoot over 37% this year. Uh, but so far through three games, it's been dumping into Luca, and Luca tries to score. And it, it, it's worked pretty darn well. Uh, I mean, he's had three phenomenal games, but I would have liked to see them work that inside out a little better and get those shooters going. And I'm concerned that that maybe we haven't kickstarted it yet. And we're going to go against North Carolina team that has a lot of size and a lot of athleticism to disrupt some of those passing lanes. UNC is what, what a top 20 defensive team. You can be freshly well, but that's, that's good. And that concerns the hell out of me playing this veteran squad. There's a reason why they are veterans, right? I mean, these are, this team is not going to, is not made up of a bunch of NBA players. 
Luca, Joe Wieskamp. We don't know how some of the younger guys might shake out, but yeah, that there's a reason for that. And, and part of it is they're not, they're not going to be able to match up athletically with UNC. And that really concerns me at the wing position. Well, you know, when you talk about shooting threes, let me just tell you, Texas pretty much shot that shot out the gym against Carolina and they could not defend the three to save their lives. Uh, Texas was 40% um, from three and Carolina was only 11%. So we're trying to figure out where we're going to get that offense from. Where is there going to be guys who step up and play? You are, you did speak to defense, which Leaky Black, he has been what a lot of people say is the heart of the team. He's not necessarily the guy who's going to score 25 points a night, but he is going to give you that defensive holds that make you say, okay, cool. At least I know you're playing a role and you're doing it well. I think last year's team got such got beat down so much about their rebounds and not getting rebounds. So you can definitely worry about that come Tuesday because I know for a fact – if Roy has not said anything else, he's like, you're going to get some damn rebounds or you're going to walk back to Chapel Hill. (laughs) So (laughs) that is one thing that I think Carolina is really trying to hone in on is getting more touches and more opportunities to score because they're going to need it. All right, y'all need to quickly pause the conversation with Candice. We'll get back to that in just a second, but I do have a very important message for you. If you're anything like me, You're constantly on the go. It's go, 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 nonstop hustle, especially around the holiday time. There's always so many things going on, right? You got to buy presents, got to send out presents, especially now when you're doing a lot of virtual things, you got to mail those presents to people so they can open them, right? But sometimes you just need to take a second, turn everything off, hit reset and chill. And when you need to do that, there's only one beer out there that's made to chill with you, and that is Coors Light. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill, and it's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. And believe me, I live in Colorado. The air is crisp and refreshing, especially on a nice fall day, which is a perfect time to drink an ice-cold, crisp, and refreshing Coors Light as well. And we have a big game tonight. Iowa versus North Carolina. Maybe you had a long work day. We'll sit on the couch. Take a second to chill and grab yourself an ice-cold Coors Light as we watch our number three basketball team take down the University of North Carolina Tar Heels. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind, so when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. That's right, have it delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. And as always, folks, remember to celebrate responsibly. This message is brought to you by Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. All right, before we actually get back to our conversation with Candice, I just want to remind you that we do have another show tomorrow and a crossover show on Thursday with Asher Lowe, host of the Locked On Badgers podcast. But on tomorrow's show, we're going to be breaking down the Kirk Ferentz press conference that took place that takes place today, I should say. And we're also going to be jumping into the Metrics That Matter segment of the show. So lots of great stuff coming on tomorrow's episode of the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Make sure to subscribe wherever you downloaded this podcast at. That way you can get it download it directly to your smart device. Now let's hop into our conversation with Candace as we continue discussing this Iowa versus North Carolina matchup. Yeah, I mean, Leaky Black concerned six foot eight at a wing position. Iowa has some size, but that is concerning as hell to me, especially if Iowa tries to go small ball. That'll be one of the interesting developments is UNC has a lot more size than some of the teams Iowa has played. And Iowa has the ability to go big or small. But if they go big, that really kind of hurts them from a depth perspective. Because Jack Nunji, you talked about it before the show, he's a redshirt sophomore. But he's actually a senior in terms of class-wise. Um, he is, I would think he's a better backup for us to come in and spell Luca Garza, come in and spell those four positions. But 
North Carolina has some size down low, and that is really concerning to me and how they're going to defend Luca because they have four guys over six foot ten who also have some weight on them. Xavier Tillman, he's you know for Michigan State, he did a really good job of guarding Luca Garza. What I'm curious about with those four guys: Deron Sharp, Walker Kessler, Garrison Brooks, Armando Baycott. I don't know how to say those Baycott. Baycott. All right. Um, how are they defensively, and are they able to play with control? And by that, I mean Garza's good at getting people in foul trouble. So that could also be a concern. Absolutely. Well, I think Armando is really good when it comes to defending the ball, especially inside. But Walker is he a lot of people are saying, you know, early signs. It might be too early, which I, you know, it is <laughs> calling him Tyler Hansborough in the second coming because I think it's, <laughs> I think it's just because he's Caucasian. But, you know, hey, that's <laughs> another story for another day. But I do think that Walker, once he finds his footing and once he realizes he's seven foot, but has to be like use his skill set, he is going to be great on the inside too. Garrison Brooks, again, is a senior leader that has been such a weapon for us on and off the floor and Dayron, he's in that rotation he's probably the most a- most athletic I think of, out of all those guys but he's also one who doesn't know he, he almost like he's tall and doesn't get his body length yet he's still learning on how to kind of play on the floor so he is going to be the one that's going to get in foul trouble but we need him he's an essential I like you know we're using the term essential workers around here like he's an essential player uh, for Carolina's defense so that'll be interesting to see how Luca kind of handles that and if the guys really do are able to you know be patient and not kind of let Luca give them the works because that's my biggest concern is once Luca gets busy are they going to be able <laughs> to relax and play their game we saw that during the Maui invite but still when you have a guy who is considered one of the best in college basketball can you play your game still yeah and Luca. One of the things I love about Luca is is his work ethic and the big old chip on his shoulder of I need to go out there and show you that I'm the best every single game and he will outwork anyone and I feel like this is a huge test for him right he's gotten he's gotten some notoriety now now he's going up against a UNC a historic blue blood type of program in basketball he wants to get his and I think he's going to he always does right he always finds a way to get 20 and 10 Um, it'll be important to get that but also see how he handles some of the pressure they give to him and whether or not he either tries to get them in foul trouble or kick it out again for those three point shots um, which the the news about Texas I, I didn't get a chance to watch that game but that is very exciting because Iowa can shoot the lights <laughs> out of the gym depending on the day where Iowa struggles at is when they can't shoot the lights out of the gym and they have to rely on their defense and that concerns the hell out of me because UNC again has turned the ball over a lot but Iowa doesn't create a lot of turnovers and I think there's a really good opportunity for North Carolina to capitalize on a lackluster defense at times but you talked about the three-point shooting for UNC Caleb Love, three of 19, RJ Davis, six of 13. He's really the only one that when I look at this, you know, the box score has been the more of a consistent shooter from three. Um, who are the big scorers though, for UNC? Who's the guy you want to have the ball when the game is on the line? You know, that's a great question that she, if you hadn't asked me to, but for today, I would be like, of course this person, but I honestly don't know. I wish I could sit here and tell you like, yes, this is the guy that I want you to pass her off every single time. And Usually, I would say give it to the senior, give it to Garrison on the inside. Let's, you know, make something, get get foul trouble off of Iowa. But honestly, Garrison sometimes can't catch it in the paint. He can't catch cold. So I just, (laughs) (laughs) I get really frustrated. Do I kick it out to RJ? I do think that RJ and Caleb have shown some grown man strength uh, throughout the series, again, at the Maui invite. But 
I, it's hard to say, you know, it, I don't think they're consistent enough. And I do think that they're still figuring out uh, who's going to be the leader, but I will say it's a lot better than last year. Cause I think a lot last year with Cole Anthony, everyone just like, okay, Cole's the man. We're going to figure it out. He's the one we get it to and kick it to him when in doubt. And then you're like looking around, like who to pass it to, who to facilitate, like everyone just kind of panicked. So when he, he was out, nobody knew. Like nobody had the person like who to go to. Now I think they're playing a lot more unselfish and they're just like, whoever has got the shot, take it. We'll have your back with offensive rebound. Cool. But I can't pinpoint a one person to do that. I was going to ask you though, what made Luca not go to a blue blood school and decide to go to an Iowa? Yeah. Um, first he was a little bit under-recruited. So, I mean, he, he has worked his butt off to get where he's at. I'm going to pull up his recruiting profile too, just to, confirmed yeah. he wasn't he wasn't a highly rated recruit by him i think top 200 yeah so he's 118 so he's a, he was a four star which is pretty solid but i think two things that really stood out and i actually had his dad frank garza on the show um a while back to talk a little bit about nice. luca and their relationship and all that stuff um two things a i think the relationship that they built with fran was phenomenal um Frank felt like luca was in good hands being with fran um mm-hmm. also he felt like Fran's game really supported what Luca could do from an offensive perspective. Uh, Fran likes to have teams again that can play inside out, but he likes bigs who can shoot the three. He kind of like the game Iowa plays a little bit more European in that style, right? You want to be able to shoot the shoot behind the perimeter. You want to have bigs who are athletic who can shoot from three. And Luca now is at the point where he can shoot three pointers with the consistency that you expect from a, a, a you know your top three point shooter on your team. And he's, you know, the fifth or sixth option, but he can step out and make it a little bit more difficult for the bigs to guard him. Um, but I, th- I do think that was it. So it was the relationship they developed with Fran and the ability to fit into Fran's offense. I think those two things were huge for Luca Garza to join the Iowa Hawkeyes. And obviously I'm glad he did. Uh, it is great to have him in the program. <laughs> I cannot imagine not having Luca Garza at this point. All right, y'all, one more pause before we get into segment number three of our crossover episode with Candace Cooper of Locked on Tar Heels. But sometimes, you know, we talked about, you know, needing to take a second and chill with an ice cold Coors Light, but sometimes you need to get a little bit of a pick-me-up. You need something to break through your mental or physical wall, and that's why I turn to Built Go every single day. I love working out, and sometimes you need a little something extra to get you through it. And Built Go is the best workout gel i found. It's also a fantastic solution or substitution to a five-hour energy or a monster drink. It's basically five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. It's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine and even better results it comes in a one and a half ounce packet so it's easy to carry around and it comes in three delicious flavors peanut butter honey chocolate coconut and my personal favorite which is chocolate mint bilko is loaded with the good stuff to ignite my work such as beta alanine b3 honey and a kick of caffeine it also has b6 b12 and collagen which promotes joint soft tissue hair and skin health not only does it make you feel better it also makes you look better as well and right now we have a fantastic deal for you to get your bilko packages delivered directly to your door visit bilko.com and use promo code locked l-o-c-k-e-d and you'll get 20 percent off your next order use Promo code LOCKED for 20% off at Bilko.com. Let's go. All right, y'all. We only have a few more seconds before we get into the Candace Cooper crossover episode covering the Tar Heels and the Iowa Hawkeyes. 
But the wait is almost over. The 2020-2021 NBA season is almost here, and the Locked On NBA podcast will get you ready with a special week of shows beginning December 14th. Get previews of every single team, division by division, from all 30 of our Locked On local experts, including us. Plus, waiver wire editions from Locked On Fantasy Basketball, rookies to watch from Chad Ford, and predictions on each division from rejecting the screen. Subscribe to Locked On NBA wherever you get your podcast at. Now let's hop back into our conversation with Candace covering this up upcoming matchup between the Tar Heels and the Hawkeyes. Okay, but once you have Luka in the game and let's say he's getting in trouble, he's having an off night, who are you going to facilitate to to make ensure that that Iowa is still kind of in the conversation throughout the game? Yeah, um, it's Jack Nungy. So if you need to you know, get Luca out of the game because he's in foul trouble. It's Jack Nungy, 100%. Uh, and that's why I'm, I'm curious about how Iowa comes into this game, whether they come out with a lineup that matches up a little bit more with, with North Carolina's strengths or their height, I should say, or whether they go a little bit smaller. Because what they've been doing is starting a six foot Jordan Bohannon at the point, a six foot three CJ Frederick at the two, a six foot six, I'm a little bit off in these heights, six foot six ish Joe Wieskamp at the three, and a six foot six Connor McCaffrey at the four. Jack Nungy's 6'10, 6'11 um, is a mere, I mean, almost a mirror image of Luka Garza in terms of how he plays the game. Obviously, there's a lot of differences too, but does a really great job of spelling Luka Garza. And Franz talked about the fact that, you know, Jack has been one of the top graded players since he's joined the program. Um, so Jack Nungy's the guy who spells Luka Garza. Now, if you get past those two guys, there's not a lot of depth. We have Josh Ogundeli. He's a true freshman, only has like two or three minutes hasn't really had a chance to play at this team because he he's from England, had some issues getting into the country, had some issues uh, with the, the pandemic and stuff. So if you get past those two guys, Iowa's definitely in a small ball type of lineup. Now, that being said, they do have Patrick McCaffrey, six foot eight. They have Keegan Murray, a true freshman. He's six foot eight as well. And they have been phenomenal rebounders and, you know, defensive playmakers. So maybe it's a situation where you get a little bit smaller and you use that athleticism to, hopefully slow down your bigs. And that, to me, that's the concern. If Luka Garza gets in foul trouble and Jack Nungy gets in foul trouble, now we're playing small ball lineup. That's kind of my, I guess, my long-winded answer of saying it's Jack Nungy. And after that, we're playing a lot of small ball. You know, it's all good because I think in playing small ball, that is where Carolina is going to have to use their height and use yep. that to their advantage. And if they do not get that early and often and try and make – things happen for their bigs, which they, to me, haven't capitalized on so far this season, then it's going to be a long night. But I feel like at the end of the day, Carolina is going to make this a good game because I this team seems to me like they like to either get down early and see if they can battle back <laughs> or they like to just keep it, you know, close every point. They'll step up to teams like that. So they see Aluka going off. They're going to want to have that same kind of energy. So it'll be interesting because to me, like you said, you've played three teams that you don't necessarily want to name as great wins, but <laughs> do you do you consider this being like, okay, this is our first real test. Cause to me, we've had Stanford, we've had Texas, we've been tested. Right. So I think, okay, this is just another notch on the belt as we gear up for one, one more game against Ohio state. And then we're right into ACC play. So do you feel like this is the first game that y'all are like, okay, what are, what are we as a team? Who are we as a team rather? Oh, without a doubt. I mean, let me explain to you. We played Western Illinois our last game, and I didn't want to name them, but they <laughs> they went 5-23 and 23 last year with two of those wins coming against non-D1 programs. They lost 
all of their starters, their three of their next four guys in, they had a couple grad or a couple transfers in and almost entirely freshmen. That's how mm-hmm. bad this team is. They had no one over six foot eight. I mean, like that is just asking Luca Garza to just go off on them. So the teams right. I was play, I mean, uh, the game Southern University. I don't even know where that's located. I think it's in Mississippi. It's um, in Louisiana. <laughs> Louisiana. I don't even know. Uh, I knew it was South. I knew it was one of those states, but like I didn't even know where Southern University was. Um, yeah. I'm drawing a blank on the team. They, it doesn't really matter. None of these teams have really honestly mattered uh, in right. the, the grand scheme of things. So yeah, UNC is the first test Iowa has. And then they get Iowa State, not a good team this year, but still a big time game for Iowa. And then Gonzaga. So um, we're going to find out very quickly how Iowa can handle a team that is ath- more athletic than them. And again, that is my biggest concern. Iowa's guards are talented. They're great shooters. They're, you know, they're solid with the ball, but they're not athletic. So they're not going to beat you in a one-on-one. They're not going to beat a Caleb Love or an RJ Davis in a one-on-one, in my opinion. So how does Iowa get those guys open? Um, that'll be a big test to me. So if UNC wins this game, what went right? If UNC wins this game, they had 10 turnovers or less. That's for damn sure. They had over 50% uh, from field goal percentage or from free, sorry, shooting from three. And they made over 70% of their free throws because we have not made above 65%, which is honestly tragic because it's free throws, right? And I think at the end of the day, if you can't get points or you can't try and stay in games at the free throw line, what are you really doing? So I think that RJ and Caleb are going to be two guys who, again, are growing into themselves, but they are going to have to have their first grown man game, I think, for us to be like, okay, this team is turning turning heads. I also think that Garrison and Armando are going to have to step up and they're going to have to figure out that big man rotation and throw Dayron in there and and to me, honestly, if I'm going to be 100%, Andrew Playtech, my Caucasian buddy, he's going to have to shoot shoot a couple from behind the arc. I, I need him to do that. He hasn't done that consistently throughout his career. So if he does that, if Andrew starts shooting, then y'all are in trouble. My buddies uh, love to rag on Playtech, so they're going to really appreciate <laughs> This is the first episode they're ever going to listen to. They hate Iowa. They hate giving me support. That's what kind of friends I have. But they do also love to hate on Playtech, so they're going to love that comment as well. Um, <laughs> from- he's, been, he's been interesting. And I honestly, I hate the fact that you know, when you go to a Carolina, you're expected to be at a certain level. And if you don't perform at, you know, astronomically amazing levels, then you're somehow mediocre. And I mean, it's hard, right? Carolina is a blue blood you're supposed to be great and he's had an interesting career but I also think he hasn't had a lot of help around him to force him to play better in a lot of regards to some of our grad transfers from last year Christian Keeling didn't exactly shoot from lights out either so I just think that it's hard to kind of take on that older classman upperclassman role when you're not exactly fit for that position absolutely and I think from my perspective am I surprised I don't Iowa wins if Joe Wieskamp, CJ Frederick, and Jordan Bohannon, two of the three, we don't need all three, just two of the three, <laughs> uh, go in double digits and shoot over 40%. Or, I mean, I'll mm. take I'll take 40%. 50% would be great. But two of those three guys need to get in double digits. We need to see a Joe Wieskamp hit his shots. Um, I do think Luka Garza, I don't have to say it's going to be – I think he's going to get 20 and 10 just because that's what he does every single game. I mean, it's about as consistent as a, you know, Toyota Corolla, uh, right? So, I mean, he's <laughs> – <laughs> and I don't mean to equate him to a Twitter crawler, but that, I mean, he's super consistent in that sense. Um, but I think the game goes through the, our guards here. If Joe Wieskamp, if a, you know, 
Jordan Bohannon, if a CJ Frederick, if one, two of those three guys can get going, I think that's huge. And a Joe Toussaint, if he can force a few big plays um, from the backup guard position, that'll be huge. He's the one guy on our team who I truly feel like matches up athletically with UNC. So that'll be a lot of fun to see how that all, all that balances out. I, last question I have for you though, is yeah. uh, your, your depth. What is your depth like? Cause Iowa does have a significant amount of depth with a lot of experience. So that might be an advantage. I'm just curious. Um, what does your second string team look like? Well, it's funny you mentioned that too, because Walker Kessler is the guy who's coming off the bench, but also Puff Johnson is getting a lot of play time. We saw last game though, that we had almost, I think we had five freshmen on the floor at one time uh, during Texas game, which was, I think, one of the first times ever for Coach Williams. And they did okay, right? They did as good as you can expect. It for. They didn't blow it, which is what sometimes you feel like freshmen are going to do. But I think Puff Johnson is going to, he looks just like his brother Cam. I'm hoping that he shoots like his brother Cam. So he's going to be the guy that comes in and hopefully gets into the rotation and at least, you know, shoots something from three. Andrew Playtech, again, as I mentioned, he's going to be a guy that's going to be good for, or key for us to not, you know, consensually mess it up. But when we look at the bigs and we look at Armando and you look at Garrison and Dayron, who is going to, I think the person who stays consistent is the one who stays out there the longest. But at the same time, I think Armando coming off the bench and giving you that energy is what's going to be, you know, uh, a sleeper. I would say Armando is a sleeper for me this year. I think Garrison has had a lot of hype about him. I think that he is going to have an interesting matchup against Luca being the ACC preseason uh, player of the year has put a lot of pressure on him and you can see that in his play. And so hopefully he going up against Luca, he doesn't, his feelings hurt. <laughs> I'm hoping that he, he battles hard, right? Because you don't want to get in the headspace of feeling like all this hype around me and I can't pr- deliver or perform for the team that is Carolina, whatever. So I'm hoping that he, ha- he needs to have the best game. Like if it's from an emotional standpoint, if he like is able to stop go- Luca, all that good stuff, like he has to have the best game, but also he just needs to be able to pour into Dayron as well and just figure it out. Honestly. There you have it. That's what, that's what needs to happen from the second string team. Candace, <laughs> last thing for you, who do you think wins? Uh, I never, well, I said this on locked on Irish. I will never bet against my team. So I always have to go with Carolina as an alum, as a graduate, like I just can't do that born and bred. Right. So I have yep. to always say it's going to be Carolina. I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to come down to free throws. I'm hoping to God that Carolina hits their free throws that night. But when it's all said and done, I really feel like this is a 75, 71 end of score. Carolina wins. All right. Yeah. I'm going to Iowa. Obviously I'm on the same boat as you. <laughs> I, I, I do think Iowa doesn't match up great versus North Carolina, but I do ultimately think they will win. This is a huge test for them, and they're ready to step up. They want to show the world that they deserve that number three ranking, and they've been waiting for this for a while. That's why they all returned. That's why Luca Garza came back. He wants to win an NCAA title, and it starts with beating North Carolina um, in this game. So it'll be, it'll be interesting. It'll be a lot of fun. I will say this. I've had, I've done eight crossover episodes throughout this season, including football yeah. and winter basketball. Every time the host has picked – Iowa to lose, Iowa has lost. Every time the host has picked <laughs> Iowa to win, Iowa wins. And not me, I mean like the other host. So yeah, yeah, yeah. We will, we will see. I'm hoping that trend doesn't hold, <laughs> hold true for you. A hundred percent. Well, I will say the Big Ten and their whole a basketball trajectory has been, you know, very interesting to see from someone who is born and bred with the ACC. And I think being in the top three conversation and having 
anything happen again this year, it's going to be exciting for all conferences, right? Because literally you can never blink. You saw the Michigan State Duke game and you're sitting here like, yeah, that came in crazy factor is a big deal. So like we mentioned before, not having that crowd is going to be like, you're going to have to show you can ball this season, kind of like how they did in the NBA bubble. Absolutely. Yeah. It's huge. Big 10 has definitely been showing out as of late, um, basically showing itself as one of the premier basketball conferences in the nation. Candace, it has been a blast. I hope we can chat more about this after Iowa wins. Um, But (laughs) any last words before we uh, close out the show? No, I appreciate your time. Again, I hope that Luca just has an off day. He's been lights out, you know, the past three games that you've had. So maybe he could take a night off and I'll be totally fine with that. Thank you again for having me. I look forward to coming back whenever. Absolutely. I hope he doesn't have an (laughs) off game. Thank you so much, Candace Cooper. (laughs) All right, y'all, and that finishes our conversation today. I hope you enjoyed the crossover episode. I hope you feel like you are ready and prepared for this huge non-conference basketball game between the Iowa Hawkeyes and the North Carolina Tar Heels. We're going to be breaking this game down tomorrow. Whatever happened, hopefully a win. We're going to be breaking down those results on tomorrow's podcast, so make sure to tune into that. If you love the show, make sure to subscribe, though, so you can get it downloaded directly to your smart device every single day because we have a daily episode, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Also, make sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Hawkeye Nation, I always appreciate your listenership. Have a fantastic Tuesday, and let's go Hawks.